Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live where the never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories. The true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Tryhard. I'm Ethan Hewlin, and it is just me back from a little summer vacation. Um, took a little four-week summer vacation to finish up uh, my summer class, as well as uh, take some time off, kind of enjoy myself, and now school's back up again. Speaking of which, as of the release of this episode, the two-year anniversary of the podcast is coming up on Thursday. Uh, this August 26th of the year 2021. So uh, feel free to tweet at me at ET Phone Home, those zeros, the E's, or threes, or tweet at the podcast at True Stories Pod to let me know what sort of things you would like me to talk about for that anniversary episode. Or if you, in general, have any ideas of what you would like me to talk about, please feel free to do that anytime. But school starts for me this week, and I want to take some time. Uh, and talk about some good habits that those of us who are in school, and even those of us who are out of it, can take away to kind of help ease our workload a little bit as far as what our brains are doing. But, now that that's out of the way, let's get into it. So, it is no secret that I am someone who procrastinates. It is not something that I am proud of, in fact something I'm working on, and this semester, I think, will be a big opportunity for me to grow in that regard. So here are some things that I'm doing to help myself, and hopefully these things will help you. So before we even get into that, the first thing that I am going to do is forgive myself. That may seem like a weird thing to think about, but self-forgiveness is actually a really important first step in order to make progress towards creating new habits. So by doing this, you reduce the likelihood of procrastinating in the future, as well as having a more upbeat attitude about your endeavor to not procrastinate quite as much. The next thing I'm doing is being specific. Here's what I mean by that. Being specific, in my mind, means dividing the task up into several smaller tasks, i.e. breaking up a project over what I can do on each individual day, as opposed to looking at this giant thing three days ahead of time and seeing, oh lord, what is going on? I have no idea what I'm doing and I need help. By breaking it up into chunks, you are able to get it done faster because it seems more doable. There's a joke that my scout friends used to tell me. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And that's absolutely true with anything that you do. Because if you're going to eat an elephant, that is nothing short of difficult. But if you focus on one bite, you're like, yeah, I can do that. That seems like something I'm able to do. Same thing with projects or tasks or just things that you need to do. 
if it's something that's complicated, break it up into simpler tasks because you're more likely to do something if what you're doing is easy, even if it is something you don't want to do. Because for a lot of these things, I don't really want to do them, but I know that I need to. Which, sadly, is just a fact of a lot of things um, in life that we have to do, but anything that can make it easier will definitely help you out in the long run. The next thing I'm doing is promising myself a reward. The carrot and the stick is something that I don't really like, but I know that it is effective. So every time I get something done, I reward myself with a YouTube video. It's something that I want to do, and it gives me something to shoot for, like if I get this thing done, then once I'm completely done, not just, you know, pardon my French here, but half-assed it, I have a little bit of time to myself. And that's actually what kind of made me slip up when I was younger, because I would know exactly what I wanted to do after we were done with everything I, we were doing, and I would rush through things and do it as quickly as possible without even thinking about it because I just wanted to get done with the thing as quickly as possible so I could get to the fun thing. And I know I'm not alone in that, which is both comforting and disheartening at the same time because the reality is rewards work. And figuring out what those rewards are and what rewards work best for you is something that you can use to motivate yourself. And when you have a goal that you're shooting for, like that's all really what it all boils down to is having a goal, big or small. Like, I'm going to finish typing one paragraph of this essay and I'm going to watch YouTube for 10 minutes. That's a goal. It's not a very big one which makes it more achievable, which means you're more likely to do it. So it's all about perspective, and the carrot and the stick really helps you achieve that. The next thing I'm doing is having people check up on me. Yeah, um, for those of you who were born in the U.S. and went to school here, we were always taught about this phenomenon called peer pressure. It was usually in the context of drugs or alcohol or something like that, but it's used in other places as well, and this is a way that it can be used for good. Having people check up on you and make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do is a very motivating tool, regardless of what it is. In this case, I'm referring to schoolwork or some other project that you would be working on, but it could also just be working out, or reading your books, or something like that. Just have somebody text you, or if you live with someone, they can check on you every half hour or so and make sure that you're doing what you told them you were going to do. The important thing is that they know what you're going to do. And I don't know about you all, but for me, if I know someone is going to be checking on me, I am more likely to do something. Like... This may be sad, but 
whenever I see a police officer when I'm driving down the road, I slow down a little bit because I know that even if I'm going the speed limit, I slow down because I know that they'll be watching at some point. They may not be right now, but they will be in the future. And that thought of people checking in the back of my mind will motivate me to get something done because I know that at some point somebody's going to ask me, hey, Ethan, what have you done so far? And if I haven't done anything, it's just bad showing right there. It's just not something that is going to reflect well on me. In the second half, I will discuss a little bit more of what I'm doing to help myself with procrastination. Hey, tryhards, Ethan here. I want to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon is a donation service, a monthly subscription service where you donate money to me to support the show, to support uh, the growth of it, whether that means merchandise or more podcasts or other things of that nature. And I would really appreciate if you guys will be willing and able to give just a little bit of whatever extra money you may have. Because while the show will always be free for everyone to listen, um, the way to make it isn't. And I'm in college, and things are expensive. So I'd appreciate any little amount that you're able to give. So thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. And we're back. The next thing I'm going to be doing is tackling tasks as they come up. So a big part of procrastination is just letting things build up over time. And when you focus on getting tasks done as quickly as you can in a very short amount of time, that can lead to sloppy results. Whereas if you tackle things when they come up, it's a lot easier for you to do a better job. It's like I've been saying, when you let things build up, they can look daunting. And in all reality, they probably are. But when you get ahead of that, and you're able to look at it from the perspective of, I'm going to get things done when they come up, so that way I don't have to deal with them in the future. It's another way to manage your time and your energy effectively, so that way you're not burning yourself out on doing all those tasks in a lot shorter amount of time than you would have had if you started on them earlier. This next one is really big. Rephrasing internal dialogue. If you've listened to the show for a while, you will know that I live in my own head pretty much on a daily basis. Um, it is something that has plagued me for a long time now. I spend a lot of time in my head, probably too much. And so my internal dialogue has had quite a bit of time to um, refine itself into something that gets right under my skin at the exact wrong time. And because of genetics and the way my brain works, I am unfortunately more negative inside than I am outside. So my internal dialogue is, you know, you'll never finish this on time. It's not going to work. You don't have what it takes. Things like that. 
or I have to do this in this case. Instead of the phrase have to or need to, that implies no choice. But if you say I choose to, that is what really allows you to take control and be able to have a different attitude towards the task that you're currently doing. The next thing I'm doing is minimizing distractions. For me, as someone who was recently diagnosed with ADHD, I now understand how easy it is for me to get distracted. Um, so this is probably one of the more important things for me going forward, because I know that I'll have to be able to know A, what my distractions are, B, noticing them come up, and C, uh, mitigating the potential outcome of those distractions. My biggest one is actually sitting right here next to me on my desk, my phone. My phone is a double-edged sword. It's a tool, but it's also a toy. And I think that's the same for a lot of people. Phones can be a great way to be able to reach out and communicate and connect, but they can also take away from what we are supposed to be doing at any given time. So while I am focusing on something that I need to do, my phone is out of my reach on purpose. I put my phone on a table, on a chair in a different room, so that way notifications don't distract me and I can keep my focus on what I am supposed to be doing. And that's just one way that you can up with that. And the last thing that I'm going to do, and I encourage all of you to do this as well, is eat the frog. Now, you may think, Ethan, what does that mean? I don't like frogs. They're gross and slimy. Here's what I mean. Eating the frog means getting the things that you don't like out of the way first. Like, yes, you don't want to eat a frog, but in order to move on with your day, you have to. So by doing that, you get what you don't want to do out of the way, so you can focus on what you do want to do. I hope all of these tips were helpful, and I thank you all for joining me this week to the Back to School episode of True Stories of a Tryhard. And thank you once again for listening this week. You can find me on Twitter at etphonehome. Those are zeros, these are threes. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hulen. That's H-U-L-E-N. You can find me, or find the podcast, excuse me, on Instagram and Twitter at truestoriespod. The best way to get the word out about podcasts is via word of mouth and social media. So please, please, please share this with your friends, share it on your social media, and if you post it in some way and tag me, you will get featured on the official podcast accounts. And please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I would very much appreciate it. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin signing off.